Greetings. We thank you for tuning in to the Seventh Trumpet podcast brought to you by the Church of God for All Nations, founded June the 13th, 1903, with General Headquarters in Knoxville, Tennessee. Today we're going to be discussing part one of New Testament Judaism. Sounds like a new topic uh, for many, but it's really an ancient topic. New Testament Judaism. We'll be teaching the interrelationship of Judaism and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes 3.15 said, That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requires that which is past. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, was the promised Messiah of Israel and the Savior of the world, his miraculous birth, his sinless life, his atoning death, and his glorious resurrection were all predicated by the Hebrew prophets, predicted by the Hebrew prophets. His divine mission on earth was encapsulated in this statement, for God so loved the world that he gave, his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 But did Jesus start a new religion? Is he responsible for all the differing doctrines and practices which bear the name of Jesus or bear the name of Christianity today? Why is there such a startling difference between Christianity and Judaism? The religion of the Old Testament. Can two religions that claim to spring from the same God fail to have many indeed most things in common? These are reasonable questions that deserve sensible, factual answers. There is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Jesus was a Jew. Jesus, Yeshua, was a Jew according to the flesh an heir of the covenant of God through Abraham. His lineage was of the tribe of Judah in Hebrews 7.14. He was reared in a Jewish family that was proud of the heritage of Judaism. And that did 100% everything according to its precepts, Luke 2.39. While Jesus often attacked the oral traditions that became the basis of Talmudic Judaism, He respected and honored biblical Judaism, the true religion of the Old Testament. The religion which Jesus practiced throughout his life was indeed Judaism, which became New Testament Judaism. Think not that I am come to destroy the law. If you think that Jesus... And his ministry destroyed the Jewish religion. Listen to his own words. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come to not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Fulfill means to make complete, to perfect, to make complete. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Matthew 7, or Matthew 5, 17 and 18. Jesus completed 
the fulfillment of all the aspects of Messianic prophecies concerning the law and prophets. However, he did not terminate all the law any more than he fulfilled all prophecy. Acts 24, 14. Jesus then came to fulfill, to complete, to perfect, not terminate the religion of the Old Testament. Paul said even, it where the law was weak, Jesus Christ came. He didn't say that the whole law was weak. Hebrews 12, 2 and 3, Jesus was the author then and the perfecter of our faith or religion. Religion is not a bad word. It's what people have done to it that has made it bad. Religion simply by definition is a system of beliefs. The time of reformation, Jesus was a reformer. He was not an innovator. It might be said that he was a reformed Jew or should we say he was the reforming Jew. His ministry was Judaism's time of reformation according to Hebrews 9.10. The Messiah simply did not come to destroy the oracles of God that he had given to the Jewish people, Romans 3, 1 through 3. He did not come to play, replace a bad religion with a good one, Romans 7.12. His coming brought a new covenant, which reformed and perfected the ancient religion of Judaism, Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. He took away the superfluous. He strengthened the meaningful and added the dimension of the Holy Ghost. Jesus established an experience which makes it possible for men to live the righteous principles that biblical Judaism espoused. Romans 8, 4, Hebrews 8 and 10. And again, I want to say that this podcast is being brought to you by the gifts and donations of the membership of the Church of God for All Nations, a worldwide Pentecostal fellowship, full gospel fellowship of churches and ministers. Um, Each church is independent and autonomous, joined together under the umbrella of the association uh, where we agree mutually on uh, doctrine and practice and so on. Let us continue. Christ our righteousness. The life and death of Jesus Christ satisfied the demands of divine justice for the sins of the human race. He became the perfect sacrifice when he voluntarily offered himself once and for all as a perpetual atonement for the sins of mankind. Hebrews 9, 14, or yeah, Hebrews 9, 14 and 24. Because of this eternal work of redemption, Jesus stands as the only embodiment of the righteousness and the justification of God for man, 1 Corinthians 1.30. In justification by faith, we see the perfection which Jesus brought to Judaism. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth, Romans 10.4. While we have the Messiah's word that he did not end the law, we see that the use of the law for justification or righteousness is what ended. Justification before God is not no more a heavy yoke of works to establish self-righteousness. It is now a righteousness by faith. Still, the law remains as a guide for discipline and 
worship. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. We hear the term so often, nailed to the cross. <coughs> Excuse me. By his atoning work at Calvary, Jesus transformed Judaism, <coughs> God's religion, from an enforced freshly ritual that was carried out in fear of death into a voluntary spiritual experience that is carried out in love for the Creator. The righteousness of God is now a faith righteousness imputed to the heart of the believer when, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, Romans 10.10. Because the believer is justified by faith alone, the commandments of Judaism contained in carnal ordinances, rules governing fleshly works, animal sacrifices, and the like, they became useless and were nailed to the cross through the body of Jesus, Ephesians 2, 15 through 16, Colossians 2, 14. By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. And that's where Christ brought in a perfected system of worship and service. The death of Jesus brought about a change in the law, Hebrews seven twelve, through the eternal principles of Judaism. And, and those eternal principles remain the same. The manner of and the motive for his observance, the observances were changed. The new covenant perfected Judaism by elevating its system of worship and service to God in the dimension of worship in spirit and in truth. A classical example of the reformation and perfection of Judaism is the Passover. In the Old Testament Judaism, and I want you to listen closely. In the Old Testament Judaism, the Passover is commemorated with the liberation from Egypt, bondage with a supper of a roast lamb and bitter herbs. But in the New Testament, and in New Testament Judaism, the Passover commemorates the liberation from the bondage of sin and death with a supper of communion of the body and of the blood of Jesus. New Testament Judaism then is merely a perfected order of worship and service, not a method of establishing righteousness, but a better way in which we may worship and serve the living God in obedience to his one faith. Hebrews 4.5 Judaism is the religion which God authored at Mount Sinai and it was perfected at Calvary. The Christian's heritage in Judaism, when we look at it, there is only one religion or faith given by God to mankind. He simply does not have one religion for the Jews and another for the Gentiles. Every Christian, therefore, is involved in Judaism in one way or another. Whether he is aware of it or not, remember Judaism gave the New Testament to the believer the two most important things the world has ever known, the Bible, which is Judaism in its purest form, and the Messiah, who is the Jew of Jews, and the Lord of Heaven. Christians who observe communion or the Lord's Supper are practicing Judaism by commemorating the Passover, 1 Corinthians 7. Or, or um, 1 Corinthians 5, 7 and 8. Every believer who practices tithing is claiming his heritage in Judaism. For without the Old Testament, we could not understand tithing. 
as it is taught in the New Testament. Most Christians observe the injunction of Jerusalem, the council in uh, uh, the uh, injunction of the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15 by abstaining from blood, a concept which is a direct product of Judaism, Leviticus 7.10. Christians also claim their heritage in Judaism by other practices, abiding by the Ten Commandments for moral conduct, setting aside a day, a day for rest and worship, using Old Testament prophecy to understand the world about us, appealing to a high priest, which is Jesus and so forth, is all steeped in Judaism. When the nation of Israel rejected the Messiah, he did not abolish Judaism, the faith of God, the religion of God. The Jews' unbelief did not make the faith of God without effect, Romans 3.3. What their unbelief did was extend God's religion to both Jew and Gentile so that all believers may become part of Abraham's faith race, Galatians 3.29. Faith in Jesus makes every believer a Romans 2, 29 Jew in the spirit. Legacy, the legacy that we get is derived, deprived a lot of times by anti-Semitism. The perpetuation of Judaism in the first century church is well established both by scripture and by history. The believers were first called Christians at Antioch and 11, uh, Acts 11.26. Years after the ascension of Jesus, the question arises, what were they called before that time? The answer is clear. They were recognized as a sect of the Jews. The term Christian is actually um, derived from the secular people Uh, And it was actually used in derogatory terms, uh, just as the term holy rollers for Pentecostal people uh, was derived from a secular people. Um, Why then does not, why then, here's the question, why then does modern Christianity not have more of an identity with Judaism? The answer is simple, very simple. First century Jews And Christians had one common enemy, the Roman government. We know that the Roman government produced the imposter Roman Catholic Church, which is not the original church. The Jewish people and the early Hebrew Christians refused to adopt Roman polytheism, the worship of many gods. They became targets of anti-Semitism, which is the hatred for, for and the aversion to the Jews and anything Jewish. As Gentile influence gained control of the church, most of its liturgy and concepts based in Judaism were gradually modified to include the Roman ideas or Roman Catholic ideas. Finally, the church and the state were united as one at the expense of the elimination of biblical truth or of everything that had any obvious connection, an obvious connection with Judaism. Since that time, the spirit of anti-Semitism has seemingly characterized Christianity, even while overt hatred and abuse of the Jews themselves have not been manifest. Christian traditions have consistently brought sweeping indictments against 
Judaism. Unfortunately, the average Christian almost completely misses the advantage of Judaism and the profound legacy of understanding of the eternal God that knowledge of his ancient religion can afford them. The ingrained fear of anything that even remotely sounds Jewish has kept most Christians from discovering their true roots in Judaism. Hatred for Judaism is at bottom the hatred of true Christianity. Jesus Christ the same. Hebrews 13.8 is a restatement, a restatement of Ecclesiastes 3.15. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requires that which is past. This is a declaration of the fact that God never changes. Malachi 3.6 Just as surely as the physical laws of nature are unchangeable, Romans 1.20 So are the eternal principles of God's word. With God there is neither variableness nor shadow of turning. We call this in theology the divine law of immutableness. God did not give up the Judaic law and repeal it. He merely reformed and perfected it by adding the new covenant in the blood of Jesus and making it available to whosoever will. The fundamentals of the word of God remain the same, not abolished, but given a new manner of observance. We read in the scriptures, he says, I am the Lord and I change not. So let's look at Judaism in the kingdom of God. Since God never changes, we might logically expect he used his use of the same system of Judaism to continue. It is altogether fitting and proper then that when Messiah Jesus returns to this earth to set up his kingdom, he will use biblical Judaism as the guideline for governmental order. First, he will make Jerusalem, Israel, the capital of the world government, Isaiah 2, 2 through 4. Then all nations of the world will be required to observe the feast, Zechariah 14, 16, and 17. The pattern for judicial and executive government will also be that of Judaism, Matthew 19, 28. In short, perfect Masonianic Judaism will be restored in its fullness in the kingdom of God. That is why the spirit of restoration is at work throughout the Christian world today, and especially in the church of God for all nations. Christians everywhere have been awakening to the inherent Jewishness of their faith and are thereby making preparation for the return of their Lord and his Judaic kingdom, Acts 2.30. Biblical Judaism is the pattern for the world government of Jesus Christ, a new and living dimension, the one word that incapacitates incapacitates the nature and goal of New Testament Judaism is restoration. While this is while this concept is a new dimension in the world of religious thought today, in reality it is the only restoration of the first century dimension of Judaism in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a Jesus kind of Judaism as defined by the New Testament. We want to encourage you to search for the roots of your faith in the eternal God and in his son, Jesus Christ. We believe that you will discover 100% as we have that your Christian faith 
in New Testament Judaism is a Judaism that lifts up Jesus Christ. We want to say to you again that this Sabbath Trumpet podcast was brought to you by the Church of God for All Nations, a worldwide family of churches and ministers, not a denomination, but we are 100% a family. If you have questions, comments, or need prayer, you can call our general headquarters in Knoxville, Tennessee at area code 888, toll-free number, 888-949-ZION, Z-I-O-N. That's 888-949-ZION. God bless you. You're not looking for a miracle. A miracle's looking for you.